Hey, hey, welcome to Humans of Metagame, a meta radio podcast about, well, the humans of metagame. We'll be interviewing the players and patrons of metagame about who they are, how they got here, why are they here, and why do they even like metagame? Why? Hola, Mizand. Welcome. Hola, Piotr. (laughs) 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 The sound. Yes, we began. And now uh, we... Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were like randomly speaking to me or we started recording this. No, it's, it's officially begun. It's open. So, welcome once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. How's it going? It's good, it's good. I can't say it's bad, except when I look at the, at crypto, then it's bad. Ah! Then, <laughs> then you need to stop looking. I try, I try, I, I get this, uh, painful reminders on my phone. I get a notification. Notification. Uh, Ethereum has reached an all-time low. I don't want these notifications. I need to turn this off. I only like them on the way up. Yeah. That should be like, notify me only of good news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make me happy. Otherwise, push me some cool projects that now came to existence. But usually the coin stats only gives me the, the scammiest projects. And uh, get a chance to win ten dollars in Binance. <laughs> no coin stats. I don't want that. <laughs> ah, all right. And how are you doing? Oh, well, I also cannot complain. I guess. Don't know which time zone I'm in actually, because I keep waking up at the weirdest of times. For some reason today, I'm up from like three thirty in the morning. <laughs> And it's like 11 a.m. now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, (laughs) other than that... Your brain has absorbed the, you know, the... How to be the most successful person ever. Wake up at 3 a.m. Don't go jogging. Yeah, billionaire grinds. Yeah, the billionaire mindset. (laughs) It just uh, got you started on it uh, subconsciously. Yeah, first thing in the morning, you jog for 50 miles. You drink a glass of smoothie with the most exotic fruits. And then you set up a couple of dolls and then it's 7 a.m. What a glorious way to begin. And uh, how does that work? So you you wake up, you go jogging and uh, to the gym and everything, right? <laughs> well, I actually do like the fact that I'm getting up earlier. Not that early, that's like alarming earlier. But uh, I don't mind like getting up at like 5 a.m. That's sort of my sweet spot, let's say, because I don't know. It, a, I'm more of a day morning person than a night person. I usually fall asleep when the sun goes down. <laughs> but it gives me I don't know. I'm I'm more clear in the morning. Therefore, with when I wake up that early, by the time most of the other peers or friends or people I know 
I wake up, I've already done a portion of things that I wanted to do, right? Cleaned my backlog or whatever. Done something. And then the day just started, right? So, I don't know. At least on the psyche level of things, it makes it easier for me because, yeah, I've done what I wanted to do. The day is only just starting. And if anything new pops up, cool. Right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, same here, like when I when I get out of bed at like 8.30 and don't decide to keep on reading but just go straight to work. Yeah, you... It's not... <laughs> I mean, obviously, in my case, people are already awake. But still, like, by the time it's uh, up to you, like, when I used to wake up at, like, noon, <laughs> then by that time I'm already finished with a bunch of things. But, yeah, waking up at, uh, at 5, that's uh, a whole different game. I, I like it, but I still won't do it. It doesn't come so naturally to me. I didn't come naturally to me either, I think. It's just that when I did have, a, like, a job, it was a really early job. When I, when I worked on the boat, so I had to like get up at almost 5 a.m. And later when I didn't work, that time schedule kind of sticked with my body. Although I was telling myself, yeah, but you don't need to get up. I was still getting up with, with no alarms, no nothing. So it was kind of easier in that sense. It wasn't like, yeah, I've, I was inspired one day and decided to change my life. It was basically just something that it simply happened, let's say. Right. Do you think it's really uh, stuck with you, like, for for that long? Yeah, so it seems that I couldn't recover during the winter from that time schedule, and then a new one would appear, right, next year, when the season would start again. And that was kind of looped for, what, seven, eight years, so... Yeah, and, I mean, I didn't mind it as well, but, I don't know. I, once I open my eyes, I cannot, like, go back to sleep, so that also helps. I only fall asleep if I decide to start reading in the bed. If I, if I try to fall asleep right away, there's no, no way in hell that I will manage to fall asleep. But if I start reading, like, 20 minutes later, it's like... <laughs> yes! <laughs> Classic. Yeah, let's, uh, since I already, already mentioned it, we can, uh, we can start that, like, uh, before, uh, before metagame. The misant before metagame. Tell us about him. A time before time. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's not like that interesting or anything like dynamic that was happening. But my so, not occupation, but for the longest time, what I've been doing is a tourist guide on a boat for this national park we have here. So I wasn't involved in much technical stuff, although anything that had to be digital or computerized let's say was managed by me but I also liked that kind of thing so communication was let's say my most thing I did try like studying IT I was actually in a uni and yeah I studied the first year for three years <laughs> in a row <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really free so <laughs> I don't know it's not that I didn't want it it's just a I don't know what to say, some parts like I loved about IT, but some parts I did not. But you need to pass everything, right? And I don't know, I can't say that I had an excuse. It's more like something that did happen. So I never actually finished it. You're supposed to say that uh, Microsoft offered you a job and that's why you dropped out. Yeah, yeah, I went on a mountain hike and we dropped LSD and pff, 
all of a sudden it hits me that what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, to a certain degree, it was a matter of how much I'm interested, right? Because once you are interested in something, then you push for it, right? But uh, A, I was kind of distracted. B, it was right after, you know, middle school. So people going everywhere, hanging out everywhere, exploring everywhere. And I don't know, I've just found it heavily inconvenient and also not interested. And by the time I was conscious of my situation, it was already a time that passed. So now I can only cling on, hey, I still have time to finish it if I wish so, right? That's my last show, but yeah, that also made it so that I don't have a profession, right? Because I also went to like a general middle school, we call it gymnasium here, so it's basically, yeah, you you may know a lot of different things, but you're good for nothing, really, well, at least not on paper, it's more like one goes with the other end, yeah, I got cut in the middle, simply because I n never knew what I want to be, so yeah, okay, if you don't know what I be, go to the general stuff. And it's uh, supposed to prepare you for college, and if you don't go to college, you're, yeah, you don't have no profession. Yeah. If I went to like a middle school for painting, then I would be a painter after it, and I could maybe go finish stuff to become a master, right? But with this, you're literally a blank slate, and then you you have two blank slates, right? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Only your blank slate is more cleaner. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a whole discussion, I guess, about how school systems work in general. That's why my parents convinced me to go to the trade school and become a plumber. Son, you're not gonna go to college. You hate school. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I hate school. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, at the end, right? Business economic sense, it's what matters, right? Okay, now today in this day and age with the technologies and general like public notion on how things work you can find places where they truly claim like hey okay we don't care about your papers we care about what you do or, right what are your skill sets in a like more global default way they do look for papers even if you want to work on it at supermarket right right so then having at least something that marks you that you are at least specialized in something because I don't know, if the whole world fall down you can at least say okay yeah but i'm a certified plumber <laughs> but if I had to go to being a certified plumber, I might have to kill myself. <laughs> you have to be prepared for everything. <laughs> but yeah, the, the papers, the papers, the, the stupid requirements that finally aren't uh, required anymore in this digital sphere. At least not in the where we are yeah i think that's like super awesome let's say right before metagame when i was like heavily looking into jobs since i'm my hobby since my like first pc immediately one of my first apps was photoshop because i've discovered torrenting and i wanted to impress my mom by how many hundreds of dollars did i download for free <laughs> and so i started working in photoshop and, and those kind of things but no matter where i applied like here in terms of being something included in the design department, there was always the same response, right? That currently they are looking for somebody more experienced or something with this and that, but they may call me later, right? 
except nobody called later ever <laughs> and you need one thing for the other right so if I cannot like do work to get work I have no work to present right and most of my things were like done for a hobby I never monetized that sort of thing so then I was kind of left a little bit how let's say encouraged and discouraged right so it was kind of that type of discouragement that actually discourages you <laughs> in the end it's like okay it won't be your way then we'll find a way but yeah it's so stupid with how much of these job applications are like entry-level job for a designer requirements five years of experience but it's not a entry-level job <laughs> and they market that to you after middle school it's like yeah i should have like opened a business in elementary school <laughs> it's like insane <laughs> everybody needs to open a lemonade stand yeah yeah that, yeah exactly you couldn't get a obviously like a designer job because it required experience then you went on to do the the tourist guide stuff or was that uh, before or after let's say the design stuff more aggressively came later since like the tourist stuff is more only f five months a year from it was from may till october so all the time during those years but uh i found it difficult just another reason i guess according to my like personality of whatnot because there's always like upwork right fiverr those kind of things where you can freelance as a designer or just whatever right yeah that was my issue as well i didn't know how to value myself and there was a lot of like cognitive dissonance between what i think how things should be value and what people are actually willing to pay because you know there's always those situations where sometimes there are like five dollar solutions that are better than those 150 ones or when you simply see techniques or stuff that is used that you think you can at least be on par with in terms of your skills but you don't have a track history to justify the pricing right and all of those things kind of always bothered me that's from the kind of like regular freelance type of work right so yeah no career in that direction either <laughs> i found that uh, yeah a lot of people who get started like that are just like yeah they make these up for profiles that aren't really true you know like <laughs> started like that oh i have a few years of uh, experience i know design i know this and that but like they only know how to work in canva dual <laughs> dual profile is a scam but uh, they get hired obviously more than someone who's like honest like you and not gonna make a profile like that but just gonna be like completely honest like oh yeah i never did any work here and i have no years of experience <laughs> nice guys finish last yes it is a little bit awkward <laughs> it's like i, I mean <laughs> it's funny when you're like aware of it and still not changing it right it's like okay i know that's a problem i should then act this way if i to be part of this or profit from this but it still doesn't happen it's kind of i don't know it, the awkwardness gets the best of you please don't get into weird situations where you are committed to work that you are incompetent to do yeah oh yeah See, it's stress <laughs> it's kind of a bummer but uh yeah you you were a tourist guide and then uh, you were trying to do this, but then you were also like really kind of uh, frustrated with the tourist stuff and wanted to 
transition away from that and do more of uh, design stuff, uh, video, editing stuff, and that sort of thing. And uh, you were looking online. And yeah, how, how did it go from there to to Meta again? Well, yeah, obviously I was looking for the way out of the loop because a let's say the issues I had with those jobs is exactly those regular issues that people have with the old type of collaborating and working which is there were certain aspects of the job that I really hated and everybody else hated but it was like that for some reason right or one person right and it was frustrating in the way everything was handled and since I've been always like doing uh, photoshopping photo manipulation like video editing after effects special effects on the side yeah you that's when you invited me if i would like to do something called like for metagame you spoke about spoke about it before i didn't actually at the time realize the scope and what is actually happening i had a completely like different idea i was thinking that uh yeah you you were looking for some kind of video editor and i said okay i know the tools yeah why not i, mean, I have nothing to lose right I don't have a job anyways, no applications, like all the applications were either not, most were not responded, some like directly rejected, so I could afford, I guess, to spend my time without any, with zero expectations, right? I don't live on, I don't live on the street. I live with my mommy and my sister, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it was like a leap of faith of sorts without even realizing what is happening here in the full sense of things. I came with the mindset of like regular working, right? I thought, okay, how much will I be paid, right? What What is the scope of work or how does that work? And everything was like, hey, don't worry. We'll decide, you'll see. If it's valuable, it's gonna be okay. And I was like, it's like, okay, I guess. So do I post this here or do I emoji that there? <laughs> what exactly needs to be done? I don't know. How much will I get paid? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was a little bit stressful, I gotta say. Because I, in general, I was concerned about my behavior here. How should I act? How should I behave? Report this here, or say that there, or leave this emoji, don't leave that emoji. I was like, hmm, okay. But, yeah, that's my, let's say, initial drop. I was supposed to splice up podcast videos for, like, Twitter and similar shortcuts and that spiraled from there <laughs> many things yeah in the beginning that it was like oh there's only that but what else can i do is there like more things that i could work on because this is like maybe a few hours per week thing you didn't see anything any other ways that you could contribute until you actually joined and started attending the calls yeah Oof, that was nightmares for me i was always sweating when the calls should happen. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, well, I was like praying not to be called out or anything, not to have to speak. <laughs> it was insane. It Until I was, I think, yeah, I don't know how I came into like a community gathering, I remember. And then all of a sudden, I think Hamad called me out. Like, welcome, we got like new members. Back then, there wasn't like so active in terms of who's dropping in our Discord and joining metagame. And it was like, ooh, oh, and phew, I was like, phew. 
so sweating my, my my mouth was dry of course and i was like what do i say and i was like translating it from like croatian to english and what should i say and at the same time thinking oh man what the fuck am i saying this is awkward what does this have to do with anything just say hey i miss aunt hello <laughs> but i don't know and that and that <laughs> that was also i think recorded or something and i, I sunk man that day <laughs> <laughs> it was a traumatic experience but <laughs> yeah and then we had like you know, organize workshops, etc. with, I think, deep work, where we try to focus and spit out things, what will happen, who will take up which things, right? So, and one of the things was, like, well-being and stuff. And I was like, nobody put their name under that, so it's going to be missing. And that's how it moved from videos, let's say. From videos to inkeeping, the cool word for community stuff. Or they they call them community managers, but nobody likes the M word in crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in general, like oh, oh, we we're all micromanaging each other all the time, but we hate like official managers, right? That's like, um, no, that's a no go. <laughs> but yeah, it went in line, right, with my tourist guiding, I guess. Your kind of uh, personality type, not just experience. And was was there soon after that you started doing the onboarding? Yeah, first it started like, okay, maybe I can like hang out on Mondays randomly in a voice chat. And if anybody wants to pop in, ask a question, let them pop in. And also at the same time, some like other spaces and DAOs, they started forming their cohorts, right, etc., etc. And we were having the better onboarding rate as well. And, yeah, one thing's led to another, and then we made it official, right, to have, like, a scheduled onboarding meetings and dive more deeper into how people come to our Discord, join our community, and etc., etc. And then we decided to adopt a similar practice, and you became the onboarding champion. Which was obviously a, a supernatural uh, a role for you, given your past experience. I really enjoy it, and it, it's kind of like my default. And as I said, uh, in general, I, w I was like frustrated with how just uh, information is handled and how like people handle each other in a collaborative sense. It's like in regular jobs, you always have these like. Everybody knows their position, right? By mere position in the company, right? And with that comes a lot of, like, either ego comes to fill out or, like, role-playing. And I didn't like the attitude in general, how things were handled. So when I realized that here is the complete opposite, this was, like, a no-brainer to me, right? This whole, like, buzzword decentralized manner, which, I mean, it is, but it's greatly different right? in a DAO sense especially it's like we are trying to do something good and well and change things as opposed to hey you are now working for me do these and these things and let's not dwell on questions now you have the QA team if you want to address something which are never available <laughs> different way of working trying it out yeah uh, but yeah like uh, initially kind of uh, uh, came just hoping to 
be able to earn some money so you can stop doing the the normal job but that's not really why you stuck around yeah not at all <laughs> yeah you're here 24 7 and you uh, rarely even claim to do anything in data thing to get money even though you do things all the time yeah <laughs> i yeah, i mean <laughs> well i guess everybody like seeks something right and is looking for something somewhere in the hierarchy of their needs right and given my like geographical position and being part of the third world economy <laughs> once i realized that i can meet like my bare minimums here by doing what I want, let alone putting like actual like sweat and, stuff and going full on crazy. That enabled me to eliminate like the majority of the usual stress that comes with questioning or deciding on what you should do like in your life, right? And whatever. So I really saw this as an opportunity to not care about can I put this much time? Can I afford that? Etc. Etc. And plus, the community aspect of all of that. The the amazing people I've met here, right? Played with, worked with, whatever you want to call those actions, right? It was uh, mind blowing to me, right? I don't know. It's like I would sacrifice most things just for the like intrinsic side of things here at least right yeah you had your uh, basic needs met and that allowed you to just do things that you want to be doing which happened to be hanging around with uh, these cool people and uh, doing other useful things around here yeah let's well, improving stuff and creating stuff and making things happen move on from dreaming <laughs> Yeah, this kind of goes to the topic of uh, basic income as well. Although here it's not like you didn't get it for nothing, but still, like b after your your needs were met, you continued working without uh, without asking for more. As like contrary to the people who are like against basic income, who are like, oh no, if people had their basic needs met, they would just be doing nothing. Yeah, it's. Really tricky, I guess, subject, because in a sense, it's like both yes and no, right? And a lot of times I also truly believe that simply sometimes if, when you give people everything for free, they don't have a reason to make effort, right? Or do stuff. But then on the other hand, that the fact that they don't have that security may be the reason why they are not motivated and actively participating right in the society but definitely i think i even see in, in metagame metrics always exist right and whether you like it or not certain things in order for them to exist and come to existence require like time which not everybody has right and considering our economical situations people can put more or less hours into creating things so I guess whatever improves that aspect of things where people can allow themselves to invest their time as opposed to being restricted by their monthly budget or yearly budget, daily budget, right? Yeah. 
the more great things happen. And even for me, like I, my whole life I identify myself as a lazy person. And even I like <laughs> continue doing things. Yeah. And the lazy aspect is always, I think, looked upon wrongly. But it's like, lazy would be a general term, right? That means that whatever it is, you <laughs> simply don't have the willpower to do it, right? But if you are lazy for most things, but then for things you are passionate about, you go ape style, then it's uh, then you're not lazy. That means you're just disinterested, right? And right, I guess it's just like the the school was like the main metric, and like if you didn't go do well in school, I guess you're a lazy person. Yeah, you don't and study. That means you're I lazy. Guess you're lazy for everything. Yeah, <laughs> you don't do what's forced on you. How can you be so lazy? We cannot force you to do things. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a very, very loose term, like lazy, right? But yeah, you, you get your, uh, your needs met. You stay for the community, and uh, what else? Like, what are your, what are your hopes? Like, what, uh, what do you hope to achieve here, or what do you hope that we will achieve together, or what keeps you here besides the community itself? Well, the fact that all of this that we are trying to do is possible and we are working towards it, right? In general, like, the roadmap we have set in, in mind, as general as it may be, it is still tangible, right? And I think that those problems that we are trying to solve are very much worthwhile and also very much within at least my reach to participate in it contribute right or try to improve currently that's obviously the community part the onboarding part but uh metagame is also about right collaborating and improving collaboration in a decentralized manner right the tooling that helps collaborating better frameworks and building the bridges between all of those who are enthusiasts like us as well right and are trying to change the current way of things and I think that's like a really worthy prospect I have in mind that uh, at the bottom line we still are like a community of live people right so a lot of the problems that we have are not necessarily even coordination problems it's basic human problems right so it's uh, I don't know a good feeling to be part of something like live like that let's say it's familiar, right? It feels like an well, actual like tribe, community, right? Metafan. A sense of belonging and uh, there's definitely some higher purpose in like we're trying to do. Yeah, it's, it's not just, uh, yeah, these cool people that you can hang out with, but yeah, I agree that it also like uh, solves other like uh, human needs and like uh, starting from, from the, yeah, the sense of purpose that I, that I get from from doing this, obviously, the community itself and with the whole idea of like, uh, yeah, supporting each other and doing uh, whatever we can to to level up and find some uh, things to work on that are meaningful to us, that are gonna yeah, help us level up even more and uh, have fun with cool people, solve uh, problems that uh, seem worth solving. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, oh, 
cool people. It's like skillful, cool people, right? It's, I don't know. It, I guess in general here in Web3, whatever you drop, and I'm excluding like random profile picture communities that are certain strong ones, but in general it's like a printing mechanism now. But in general, if you join like a DAO, it's uh, most of the active participants are extremely like awesome all around, right? With whatever they are doing, the way they think, right? It's a lot of different minds and mindsets, and all of this is really new. Like we're it's basically a formation of culture, I would say. And I think it's going to get even nicer in that way in the bear market once all of these. Uh cash-grabbing projects and people disappear back into the woods. It's going to be just people like this that are, yeah, here because they're interested in this stuff and uh, they have uh, some skills to apply or at least uh, are really, really serious about learning and contributing rather than just uh, chasing the, the opportunity. Oh yeah, it will certainly be a good filter, right? <laughs> at, le at least in the intensity of the people that are around. I mean, everything and everybody has its place, right? Uh, but if you want to be like a part of a hype community, then be a part of a hype community. And But that's just a part of everything that is happening, right? It's problems when uh, those cultures clash within themselves, I guess. When problems arise, right? One part is thinking way number one, and the other part is thinking way number two. Or when these aren't combined, it's like a, there's hype here, and there's actual things happening here, and there's a little crossover in uh, getting things to happen where the hype is, or getting hype where things are happening. And sometimes they come up with like clever ways, right, of actually raising funds, which can then be utilized in a different way, right? with a different purpose or whatnot. And uh, it's, of course, maybe a lot of those projects do have like something like pure in mind. It's just that by time, most of it I think will crumble. The strong ones will remain. But now I guess a day there's like 100 discords being made about NFT projects on various chains with 10,000 of them available right the formula is being juiced like massively and then it brings damage to the general public opinion on nfts because all you can see on nfts are like i don't know open sea scams right or this uh, nft dropped and made this much money and clogged this much eth and burned this much eth and then i uh, of course you'll get out of those salty twitter comments and from like the general active public resentment because ah where's your copy paste now huh i can just screenshot when the actual technology behind nfts is glorious but it's being neglected so much uh, so much hate for nfts these days but yeah it feels uh, totally like the the ico bubble in 2017 there was like real innovation but it's being overshadowed by like all these uh, scammy cash grabs and then that's what the, the public latches on to and it gives uh, everything a bad rap. Yeah, and then you know people then are careful hmm, then distrust is built up etc which I guess 
at the end of the day means that something is happening, right? Something is being born because if everybody was yes or no, then it's not good. So when you have con controversy, it keeps it alive, I guess. So perhaps as time goes by and these projects grow even more and the NFT functionality in general is being fully utilized, we will all come to the realization. Yeah, as more actually good things pop up, hopefully then they will overshadow me. I mean, the yeah, NFTs are kind of uh, getting this adoption, but there's still so much bullshit. But it's also like, uh, yeah, people say that yeah, NFTs will bring the, the mainstream adoption and uh, to some degree they will, but... Uh, what kind of NFTs and for what purpose? Like most of them are just, they literally do nothing. Like the ICO bubble, at least I felt like, okay, these ICOs have white papers and they at least uh, say that they will do something useful. But with these, most of them are just like, yeah, you can buy it, you can hold it. There's no plans for making anything more, more out of it. And then what seems to get in most adoption is like, uh, the big, or uh, well, maybe not the most, but at least most attention is like when the big, uh, big companies decide, okay, we're gonna, like a 20 years old company, like we launch NFTs and drop them to our quote unquote community. Yeah, desecrate Stan Lee, etc. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can maybe get collectors, right? So maybe it's a way for those kind of people to hop into Web3 on a point blank, right? Doesn't know what is a wallet, doesn't know what is this, but they heard of this crazy thing where you can collect stuff, right? So maybe like their first entry will be, yeah, some kind of NFT project on OpenSea. They see it on Twitter, then maybe realize, oh, but there's actual communities being formed around this. Then maybe digs a little bit over that side and then it's reads an article how oh, nfts are blah, blah, blah. and then you know the rabbit holes of rabbit holes of rabbit holes i can maybe understand that point but then again since like there's financial implications it can be dangerous it's a that's a good point like even if they get a really shit nft it might get them to like learn more about nfts and then when they learn about nfts they find out about the blockchain and then yeah just the rabbit hole swallows them unless they get infected by the hate for NFTs. The hatred. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of influencers, of course, who also participate in the damage when they like shill or create their own projects. Now also every other bigger name makes their own community NFTs, right? And yeah, the, if the prices were acceptable, that's fine, but a lot of times you always see like board the act club or the api club or the api club and then people think that their next like my little ponzi pony may also be sold one day for 600 eth right <laughs> but in actuality it's like a dying community made from nothing to profit on the actual trend i don't know some kind of actor running their own nft stuff not that there, are, that there aren't maybe good ones i'm just saying that a general trend mainstream yeah the exact same shit as before people like you know oh this coin is worth 0 0.001 cent and if it just gets to once one dollar <laughs> yeah. i don't want i'm not gonna buy ether or bitcoin because this one costs 
almost nothing. But when PFP NFTs on an ohm bonding AI, that would be very good. <laughs> I used to think there's no market top until there are uh, blockchain meets AI uh, ICOs. But this time it seems like it's uh, it's NFTs and the Radio Dalmatia. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and that was on Solana. <laughs> God damn, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I guess Metaverse is the theme. And there's actually a lot of cool stuff happening with like NFTs mixing with Metaverses and stuff and VR shit. And cool, cool thing is it? What Metafactory is doing as well. The digi-physical compartment. Yeah, I think that whatever comes out of the the next bear market will be pretty mind-blowing. Hopefully more open-source tools, right? Copycats of existing ones. Or the latest ones that... like Oh, things that to replace Google Calendar, to replace Google Meets. I feel like in that regard, we're kind of still in a place where uh, a lot of projects are just making like a Web3 equivalent of an existing tool. We're just like, okay, this is the exact same tool, but now it has a login with MetaMask. Ah, yeah, and you're absolutely like right. There's a lot of uh, unique tools as well, but uh, it feels like a lot of them are like uh, coming from that angle right now. And then the next wave is when we like get like all these completely new things that kind of either merge all of these ideas from before or place like make them in a more unique way or something. But we're getting there, like it feels feels great to finally uh, have these uh, Web3 alternatives to Web2 tools that are starting to pop up because yeah, for, for all of these years we've been uh, building all of this Web3 stuff, but yeah, using just the, all the existing uh, closed source uh, Web2 tools. Yeah, exactly. You are running on these services, on that services, right? <laughs> this is hosted here, also by a centralized service. Oh, we're building a DAO it's on Discord, and we have a node running on AWS. Yeah! And it's all promoted on Twitter. Yeah, and our nodes are in Notion, and here's our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're looking forward to getting rid of Discord. It's going to be glorious. Yeah, we hope for something like that to exist. I guess it always comes down to storage, right? For these kind of instant messaging stuff. Well, somebody is hosting all of this infinite data <laughs> and paying for it, and it's not us. <laughs> it's Tencent. Exactly. <laughs> so, that would be super awesome because we are still very, very, very dependent on it all things yeah. at least these new tools yeah. all the legacy infrastructure yeah and that was the word i was looking for but yeah slowly on here and there it's good to see like these dApps pop up that could replace what you're currently using right especially on now uh, well with the latest that's most fresh in my mind when we had meet with wallet and huddle those are excellent things like d work right it feels like the stack will almost be full right if somebody comes up with a notion that's open source <laughs> It's like, it will be everything you need like for collaborating. Like You have a place to meet in video and discuss. You have a place to track your tasks and uh, do payments. 
with escrows, etc., etc., you can have Web3 implications via wallet connections, NFT gating, right? Token gating, connecting, a scheduler, right? Availability, and then my meta. <laughs> My hope is that yeah, this, all of these will be easier to integrate with each other. So we don't like continue with this. Like if we had a Discord alternative, we would ha still have like a, yeah these servers and channels, and that's it. And if you have a Notion, it's just Web two Notion, or like a D work, or like a Web three Twitter. But then you still have all of these different places that you need to navigate in between, like. In, in my ideal world, you have a tool that's like, it has chat channels, but then you click the dashboard and you have the dashboard, and then you have some like inter-community stuff so that not all of the communities are like completely separate in their own servers. And uh, instead of a channel, you maybe have a Kanban board on one of the buttons. Want to be able to compose something like this because there's there can't be one single company that's going to or DAO that's going to produce all of these, but uh, we can try to assemble these pieces. Yeah, <clears throat> the fact that there's now a platform for everything, it's everything is in uh, 3,000 different places. I'll go here, oh yeah, for this go there, or oh, for this go here. So the more like interoperable and integratable they are the better it would be cool to like have a custom front end that doesn't affect right the things you just arrange basically where you want your focus to be right i want to track these things i want to track that right i want to track the calendar i want to track these discords i want to track this application that application so that everything is in one place instead of yeah having 3000 tabs opened in seven windows yeah, we kind of have that with uh, Zapper and Zerion for like the DeFi stuff. Now we just need it for everything else. Yeah, same thing, right? And even those like don't don't have like uh, messaging. We should just do a mashup of all of that in one dApp. That isn't the owner of the other dApps. It just interconnects the different ones, right? Add block. <laughs> Add block to your dashboard. Right, you just integrate any dab directly into it. Maybe it's a chat channel, maybe it's uh, like some NFT thing, maybe it's whatever. You can just add it to this interface, you don't have to go to this whole other website. Yeah, here's a conference but here's your DeFi section. MetaOS. Yeah. <laughs> we, kind of, we kind of wrapped it up, we went through through some history to some like what uh, what we think about metagame what keeps us here and uh, what we are looking forward to is there anything else that you wanted to touch on any final words well i would say that we should be aware that although we cannot forever keep saying oh this is still new this is still new still can't say it at this moment now it is everything still new meaning that there is a certain culture forming that is intertwined with this whole tech stack right and uh, those who are here now and especially those who were here before kind of have a responsibility of 
showing new ones, newcomers, what is the way, and expressing the values you think should be upheld, and what we do think is valuable or isn't valuable. And you should always feel free to express your opinion on what is and what isn't right, and not be afraid of like giving feedback or being the devil's advocate or going against the grain, right? Saying unpopular opinions, because after all, we are still building all of this, and any kind of input is valuable. So there's either two ways to go about it, right? Either help the whole experience for everybody or just live the experience. Well said, well said. Yeah, I have a feeling that like we look down upon the people who are like trying to cash grab, but we are at the same time not really doing a great job at uh, explaining to people why we are here and like why this whole space matters and what we think is the potential and all that. And also yeah, the, the last point that touched upon was people who join who like lack the confidence to speak up when really like yeah we are all still figuring it out. We are no experts. Yeah nothing is set in stone. It, we're still at the foundational level, right? So if we don't test things out and try this, try that then Either somebody else will, or we can all say goodbye, I mean... <laughs> so you heard it, just jump in, don't be afraid to say things, don't be afraid to try things. And give us feedback. And uh, wait for the meta OS. <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you. Thank you, Mizent. Thank you, Mizent. This was great. Oh, thank you. For inviting me, I guess. Against all of my awkwardness, ha! <laughs> but <laughs> now, now it's actually whew, far easier for me. That's one of the things that uh, metagame helped me with on these constant voice calls, made me more relaxed and like less concerned when having them right or joining them. I actually pretty much like them now. It's, it's actually funny with you because, like, you are for you, it's harder like in like voice than in real life <laughs> yeah at least that's, that's what it seems to me like it's easier for you to like talk to people and not feel uh, awkward in in real life than when you got here and like really anxious about writing anything in the channels or joining the voice exactly yeah that's true yeah <laughs> that's funny it is easier kind of in voice sometimes <laughs> against that's the screen effect Keyboard warriors. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> well, yeah, happy to to have you here, and thank you, thank you, everybody for listening. And see you all around. Bye bye. Bye bye.